On this episode of the Loud Outs podcast, Team USA advances, but so does Team Puerto Rico. An incredible game between the Dominican Republic and PR down in Miami. But unfortunately, at the end of that game, some very bad news for Puerto Rico and the New York Mets. We'll also talk about Team Japan advancing against Team Italy and some of the incredible feats of Shohei Otani. We'll also talk about some changes in this WBC schedule that Spilly and I are not loving at all. Loud Outs podcast starts now. Welcome into another episode of the Loud Outs podcast. This one is our first kind of emergency pod, uh, if you will, because there was unbelievable excitement last night in the WBC. We had anticipated it, the game between Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, and it all kind of started out pretty interesting before we even saw the first pitch, because if you listen to our last podcast, we talked about what we thought was going to be the pitching situation for Puerto Rico. It changed multiple times uh, throughout the day, and whether or not that was uh, Yadier Molina trying to play some games maybe with Team Dominican and not giving them that opportunity to prepare, or they just weren't sure what they wanted to do. Regardless of what it was, Billy, it ended up working out an unbelievable atmosphere once again in Miami. I'd asked Eduardo, who was there, Eduardo Perez was there in person, asked him about the atmosphere, asked him about the fan, kind of split up. He said 70-30 in favor of Puerto Rico, in his opinion, as far as the fans uh, that were there. But it was a party uh, the entire night, ended up being a monster win for Team Puerto Rico, knocking off the Dominican Republic. You and I both thought they were going to be uh, the best team going into this thing, uh, the greatest chance to win this entire thing. It's not going to happen. What a huge moment for Puerto Rico. Pretty incredible. Julio Rodriguez, we love him as a star, made a great play, had a base hit, but he also had a pretty bad play. He misread a line drive off the bat of Francisco Lindor. It goes to the wall, a little league inside the park home run. Chaos ensued, a 5-2 win, uh, the final for Team Puerto Rico. Huge moment for them. We'll get into the sad side of what happened at the very end, but real quickly on the Dominican Republic getting bounced by Puerto Rico. I, we were watching the game in the stadium yesterday from Chase Field for the last game of, of the WBC in Phoenix. And uh, I know the game was being played in Team USA's locker because they, they were talking about <laughs> it. And and, f- and for us, like the passion, Team Rubio, I mean, like, wow, that 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 crowd was insane. Like, I was getting text messages throughout the game like, this is what baseball should look like. This is how baseball should be played. Good luck doing that 162 times a year. And I hear that. So then like (laughs) at least somebody in the marketing of of either Arizona or Miami, just make sure you get an environment like that once a week for a home game, like do it Saturday night. But, but in the case of, of this game and seeing it play out, uh, I mean, Puerto Rico, the plays that were being made, the, you know, Christian Vasquez with a, with a home run and who's screaming around the bases the entire time. Uh, the huddling, right? Like you saw guys in the dugout and it wasn't, it wasn't like it was contrived. Like they were, they were legitimate, like getting together, like, like they were defending a playground. Like, Hey, get it together. Take quality of bats. And, and even when you see, saw pitching change, see Puerto Rico was going with their arms huddled around each other, Mm. head to head. Yeah, and if someone says like, "Hey, you know, these games are these games as an exhibition game, they're pretty cool, but nobody watches." Shut up! Like <laughs> you're not watching. Yeah. And if somebody's like, "Well, hey, you know, these big leaguers, they they don't really, uh, you know, they don't really prefer." Shut up! Yeah, like the the Puerto Ricans and Dominicans were playing like they were defending their 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 pride. Because they name. were, and I mean, they they're were. going home. 
I mean, that's a loss. That's the thing when people talk about the atmosphere. Yeah, it's incredible. But even for you and I, we've played winter ball. Every winter ball game is not like that. This is an elimination game. And the way the pool play worked, you got one shot at a team in your pool. So if there was that really good matchup, say that we saw at the very end between uh, the Dominican and Puerto Rico, it was one game. That one just had heavyweight on it because it was about who was going to advance and whose World Baseball Classic dreams were about to die. So it brings up all the anticipation. It is essentially a Game 7 in the World Series or any playoff round um, for that matter. And so that's why you don't get the same atmosphere. It was incredible, but it would not be like that. If we saw that 162 times in Miami, it's not going to look like that. It's certainly not going to look like that if you do it 162 times uh, in Seattle or in Minnesota or other places. So uh, while it's fun to watch, the idea that this is some kind of indictment on how Major League Baseball and their games are put on and what their fans are like, is it's silliness, it's nonsense. I don't even give it much attention, quite honestly, because it, it more often than not comes from ignorance. Uh, we love our game. It, we love the WBC. You're not going to repeat it throughout the course of a full season. Seven relievers for Puerto Rico yesterday, six of them for the uh, Dominican Republic. We know a lot of these games, that's how it's gone because of the pitching limits. And in this case, you couldn't wait around and let anybody uh, give it up and put you in too deep of a hole. We did see Juan Soto hit a monster bomb uh, to dead center. My goodness, uh, was that a huge home run that he hit to center. His swing is looking really good, but his WBC is over. And just when it seemed like it was time to celebrate for Team Puerto Rico. What a huge moment for them, the sense of pride in the country, in that stadium with those fans, for all of those that were watching around the world. It turned sour quickly as we saw all of a sudden. Everybody get very quiet during the celebration and surrounding a player. We come to find out that player was Edwin Diaz, who ended up getting hurt during the celebration, had to be wheeled off the field. They tried to carry him off. It was very uncomfortable for him. They got a wheelchair and they ended up wheeling him off. It looks like it's going to be a right knee injury. Uh, more Imaging coming today. We're taping here pretty early on Thursday morning, our first ever emergency podcast uh, on Loud Outs. But, I mean, just a a brutal, brutal ending that sucked the life out of that game, which turned out to be a great game and a very short-lived celebration. I can't imagine if you were Steve Cohen, Billy Epler, uh, Mets fans watching this game and seeing Edwin Diaz go down. It did not look good. We don't love to speculate unnecessarily what injuries are and how long a player is going to be out until we get official word. However, this was legitimately concerning uh, the level of pain that he was in. We keep our fingers crossed that we get better news today, but it certainly does not seem like it's headed in that direction. This has been the it, it, as good as the WBC has has been. And from the outside, you know, when you think about this tournament, this was the worst case scenario for the WBC. It really was because Edwin Diaz signs this massive deal in the offseason. And it's not just that he signs a massive deal. It's the fact that he's the league's best closer. He's baseball's best reliever. And he's on a team that is probably baseball's best sitcom or drama show. And they have such high expectations. They have the highest payroll, the New York Mets. Mm. I was watching Alexis Diaz. That's Edwin Diaz, his brother. He was inconsolable, CJ. And I, I was, we were watching, we were watching the celebration. I mean, you could hear it at Chase Field when, when people were piling in, you see Team Rubio, Rubio dancing around and you're like, man, okay, that's awesome. And then all of a sudden it stops and you see the players waving in like a trainer and you're like, what is, what's going on? Did somebody get hurt? And then when they showed Diaz on the ground and he's, he's there with his foot in the air and you could see his brother. Mm who looks like he's seen a ghost, right? Like, and he's bawling. That's, that was a part where like from, you know, from, from your and I standpoint, like being in a, being on a team and 
imagining what that that high would have felt like for mm-hmm. winning for beating Dominican, all the emotion of that to just your your like gut just getting punched like that. Yeah, uh, it was really hard to watch, but at the same time, it was it was it was not an injury plane during the WBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't throw a pitch and blow his arm out. It, it was a it was a celebration that that occurred after the game and an injury that could have happened in Port St. Lucie in a spring training game just as well. He could have slipped in a shower at home. Yeah. And so I, I got really annoyed last night when I saw people coming out of the woodworks. Oh, you should cancel the tournament now. And it, it's no. again, it's the like the people that that don't like the tournament are going to be the loudest when it comes to an injury, especially like Edwin Diaz. Yeah. I don't know how the Mets recover. I don't know what it does for their for their chances to win a World Series. I'm assuming if he is out for an extended period of time. It's got to impact him at least two or three games, two yeah. or three games in that division. We saw it last season. Atlanta won in the last game of the season to pass him for a division. It's big. It's big to the Mets. It's big to Puerto Rico. It's big to baseball. It's it really it flat out sucks. Yeah, it's I think sucks. you saw it too. The the reaction from the Dominican players as well, right? I mean, this is obviously a rivalry. It was a great game. They were upset that they lost, and then those emotions, even for an opponent, uh, switched pretty quickly. And the concerns uh, for Edwin Diaz was interesting because you know you're watching and as it's being covered, and you didn't get a good look at necessarily what happened. There was a couple of looks after, but as you're watching it live, or I was watching it live, saw Juan Soto sitting on deck and, and watching the celebration for a while. And I'm like, man, is he? He really like he's, you know, he's, he's touched and he's hurt by the loss, but he kept staring out there and they, the camera just happened to be on him for a while. And then I realized there was something else must be going on because he looks like he's staring at something that's getting his attention. Like there was some real concern that ended up being the case. Edwin Diaz, a lot of people know, just signed that five year deal, one hundred and two million dollars uh, with the New York Mets. The biggest contract that we had seen for a reliever. We know, you know, his path with the Mets has been emotional. If you think about when he first got there, some Mets fans that were really upset about that deal that brought him and Robinson Cano over for Jared Kelnick. It's obviously worked out really well. His first year was so-so. They kind of put the question marks on him, whether or not he could be the guy. Can he, you know, quote-unquote, handle New York and all the nonsense that comes along sometimes with playing in that market? I remember thinking, man, you guys are crazy. This guy's great. And he ended up uh, becoming great. And so that emotional attachment for that fan base that was down and then up and then all the trumpet stuff last year, and they realized what a dominant closer they have, one of the best in the game. If they have to go on, uh, without him, Spilly, David Robertson is there. Adam Adovino is there. They're going to have to piece it together. Uh, again, I know we're jumping the gun here a little bit, maybe assuming a worst-case scenario, but it does feel like we're probably uh, headed in that direction. I think this also very likely means that the Mets are going to be looking at some potential acquisitions. Very difficult to do at this time of year, but even as the season uh, goes on, Tommy Hunter is a non-roster uh, with the excuse me with the uh, Mets in camp, and they got. I mean, they have some arms, but whenever this happens and you lose your closer. Everybody has to go up a notch, and especially early on when your starters are not going particularly deep. Add the news, of course, that Quintana's not going to be ready, not going to throw for three months in that rotation. You have a couple of older starters that you probably want to be careful with, right? Max Scherzer made, what, 23 starts last year. Verlander was great. He made 32, but he was pitching in November last year. Like There has to be a real concern for him at his age, and how hard are you going to push him because you need him to pitch in late October again this year. And point there for me is that you're maybe a little bit careful with some of those innings and how hard you push. So an older rotation at the top. You have Kodai Senga who's coming over from Japan, who made, what, 22, 23 starts last year because he's used to pitching once every seven days. 
And so that whole deal. So there's a lot going on here. It's one massive injury that really does have a huge ripple effect for the New York Mets going forward. Like we said, we probably get that news today. Spilly and I will will pod again probably tomorrow uh, to get that to you. Because, by the way, you and I, we have zero shows next week together. So a lot of podcasting for you and I, the way the schedule worked out with Loud Out. So that means heavy podcast uh, time for you and I uh, next week. Another note on this series, something that I didn't realize, and actually bigger picture for the entire WBC is the schedule. The way the original schedule was set up is that the winner of Pool C, which is the pool that the United States is in, would be playing on Saturday on Fox. The runner-up of Pool C was going to play Friday on FS1. There was probably an assumption that Team USA was going to win that pool. They did not. Team Mexico won that pool. Well, shockingly to me, the schedule has been switched. The television schedule has been switched uh, as of, I guess, yesterday. I mean, a couple of days ago on the website, it was still set up the way that I just laid out. And what you're seeing now is Team Mexico was playing a day earlier. They clinched on Tuesday. All of their fans probably thought they were playing on Saturday and started making those arrangements. They now find out that game's going to be on Friday. The other part of it is for Team Puerto Rico. Team Puerto Rico now loses an off day because they're the team that's going to be playing Venezuela. They were originally scheduled to play on Saturday. They are now playing Friday after losing Edwin Diaz, after using seven relievers yesterday. They only get one day off instead of the two that they should have gotten for winning their pool. A little discouraged to see this change. This is all about television. Uh, And listen, you and I work in television and we understand it. You would never see this in the postseason. They may switch some game times, but never game days. And a full day here lost for Team Puerto Rico, a full day gained for Team USA so that they can play on primetime television. Yeah, I was I was in Phoenix. I heard about this before. This was this was known weeks in advance. Real quick, I'm sorry, I correct myself. I said PR Venezuela. It's Puerto Rico, Mexico. I think I might have said that wrong. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So Puerto Rico, Mexico, they'll they'll end up playing on on Friday. And really, really <laughs> it doesn't surprise me when it comes to television on on how it wags the dog. Uh, that, that that tale is is what wags the dog. U.S. knew about this. I mean, their team knew that if they were in a primetime game, they were going to get Saturday night. There's, yeah. And like Benji Gill was really upset. That's Not Team bad. Mexico's manager, and he should be. Yeah. If you're Team Puerto Rico, you should be upset. Like both both those teams deserve to be upset. Like the the rules switched because the eyeballs in network television know that they're going to watch Team USA. Yeah. Sa- and-, and Saturday over Friday. Saturday is going to be a bigger audience, just like the Yankees last year sold off their Friday games to Amazon, knowing that those aren't necessarily the, always the, the highest rated games. So they were comfortable kind of taking a, a, a spin on Amazon Prime last year and putting those games on Friday. All that work that they did, Spilly, both uh, Team Mexico and Puerto Rico to basically upset this entire thing. Now going into the next round, they're getting punished for it. It's not fair. Look, CJ, it's not fair. It isn't fair. It's it's lame. USA didn't deserve to play on Saturday. In a way, like, I'm not rooting against them, but I'm kind of rooting against them just because, like, that's not the rules. That's not the spirit. But from an executive standpoint for, for television, I, I think what was lost is I think there's plenty of eyeballs for Mexico and Puerto Rico. Yeah. I think Saturday night, like it could have been Mexico, Puerto Rico, and you're going to do great with mm-hmm. eyeballs on it. And and 
I don't know. I get I get frustrated sometimes when when I think of how uh, schedules can be manipulated because of of you know some television exec. I also get it. I mean, like this is they're trying to you know make money for this thing because sure. it, it does bring a lot of money. Yeah, I didn't love it. I didn't yeah. love it. I wouldn't love it. It, it benefits Team USA. It's unfair. Like it, it's flat out unfair. Uh, I believe Japan was given some some similar. Um, kind of scheduling yeah. upgrades. But to some degree, I can see where on the travel side, it makes some sense, right? Because they're obviously coming over. And by the way, they finished up. We'll get to that at the very end of the show today. Uh, they are moving on. Um, bad teaser there. But anyway, uh, yeah, there was. I think with them, when it comes to, we did see some things that, you know, depending on who won what, that there might be a little bit of change there. On a like, time of game, I totally get when you have multiple games going on during the day. But to go, go an extra day now plays actually into the competition and the fairness of the competition. And I mentioned the bullpen. We know how important the bullpen is to Team USA. You and I talked about it uh, leading up to this thing, knowing starters had restrictions, knowing that they have a good starter group, but not the absolute top starter group that could have been available if you had the best of the best representing Team USA. And so they were going to rely heavily on those bullpen arms. And they are. Mark DeRosa, uh, Dave Rigetti, Andy Pettit doing a great job running that bullpen, and it showed up for them last night. I believe it was six relievers that they used. You were calling that game on Sirius yeah, XM. Mm-hmm. But, and so it's an important part to what they do. Um, I just I hope Major League Baseball or WBC that they address this publicly and just you know wear it a little bit. You don't have to wear it on some of the questions. Um, and I'm, you're going to see some stories about it, but just address it and be honest about it. Because at the end of the day, when anything like this happens, as much as we're kind of upset, and I think fans will be upset, certainly, as you mentioned, Benji Gill and others. And I got to imagine uh, Yadier Molina dealing with a ton of emotion today between Edwin Diaz, the big win, and now knowing they're not getting the extra day. Uh, I could see where he might be pretty angry waking up this morning as well. Uh, but just you know, call it how it is. Let us know exactly why we did it. We know why, but get out there, be a face of it. And this is what we decided this is best. Uh, for the tournament, because we don't want our fans being ticked off. We don't want them feeling like some of these things were done in secrecy and there's not going to be accountability. You make the decision, it's fine. Just be upfront. I think we can all live with it. Not happy, yeah. but at least we can it, you move on quicker from it because of it. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think the last part for, for me is is both Mexico and USA are leaving today on Thursday. So both teams do not get to work out. Um, so it does. It, it's... Yeah, the the entire thing is kind of crazy. We heard about yeah. it yesterday, and we're like, "What?" But you said, but you said Mexico and USA are leaving. Yeah, right. But I mean, the USA can work out Friday. Their game got pushed back to Saturday. They have the extra day. Mexico yeah, they, did not because they they're playing. Can, yeah, they could. They, you're right. They could work out, but they're going to have to work out before the game of Puerto Rico and and Mexico. Which yeah. I doubt they're going to do that. Yeah, 12 but, o'clock but BP. 12 o'clock BP. Make sure you're out of there by two. Get the Oaks at Lurry locker room. Who knows? But Or go to the University of Miami. There's lots of baseball fields in South Florida uh, and, and plenty of spring training complexes if you need to get um, some work in. You were at the game last night. Team USA ends up locking things up. Tight game, but a good game for them. And uh, as we mentioned, they end up being the runner-up uh, coming out of that pool. Yeah, I think one of the, the that game was good. Uh, the relievers are really good for for Team USA. They're not built to win this tournament, just based on on their pitching. Uh, pitching is going to be a little short. I, I think there's too many restrictions. The up downs, uh, guys coming in for dirty innings. You know, coming in with with guys mm-hmm. in in on 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 base. Offensively, they should be a juggernaut, but they're not. Uh, there's a lot of guys that you know. There's too many players, so trying to manage the bench and trying to manage guys players. I don't think all the timings there. So I, I think, I think USA gets knocked out. I mean, if, if, if USA wins this, I'd be really shocked, 
I, I just don't see it. I mean, after yeah. I've watched Team USA now, I, I don't think that they're capable of winning this tournament this year. Um, one of my favorite parts about last night, though, and, and you would appreciate this, we had the chance, so Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, on full display, like all their skill sets, yeah. both made really good defensive plays, both had like crazy two-strike hits, base running, uh, some balls where, you know, Mike Trout hits a ball in the gap and you get a chance to watch him run. Mookie Betts read, read a bad throw, goes to second, scores on a single, on a read. At the end of it, we we on, on MLB Network Radio, we were able to interview Mike Trout post Yeah. And then immediately after Mookie Betts, which oh, I, I heard them think, both this morning already because they've already replayed them. I fell asleep listening to the radio call. It's amazing. I don't think anybody's ever been able to interview Mookie Betts and mm. Mike Trout back to back post game for in any event. And we did. And so it felt felt amazing. And the thing that stood out, the thing that stood out about these two, if I was to ask Mike Trout something about him, he wouldn't say anything. He doesn't say mm. squat. Yeah. We asked him to talk about Mookie Betts and he went on forever. Smart. We asked Mookie to talk about Mike Trout. He went on forever. And what what my favorite part of these two guys was Mike Trout says, we live 45 minutes away from each other. We never get to hang out. Yeah. You know, we are we are just boys that happen to be good at baseball. And I and I love that. You know, you you kind of needed that reminder. Wait. Oh yeah, Mike Trout is is a human. Mookie Betts is we know Mookie Betts is human. Yeah. Uh, but that that kind of reverence for each other was something I've I haven't heard and it was a friendly reminder. Again, pointing back to this WBC tournament about how cool it is. Yeah, no doubt. The tournament is really cool. That kind of stuff, too. We've talked a lot about the different human interest stories throughout the WBC, but then also seeing these stars, because you're right. I mean, listen, over the course of a big league season, regular season, whether you're a star or just, you know, Joe Schmoes like you and I playing the game, and you just kind of go along, it's business, and there's a lot of times where the relational stuff ends up kind of getting passed over. And then, yeah, there's some regret there. You miss that kind of stuff, but you don't get together uh, nearly as much as you probably um, would like to. So a really good stuff there. So this is what the schedule looks like so people understand. By the way, we'll get to this Japan game. They end up beating Italy by a score of Nine to three. Uh, they will play on Monday, Puerto Rico and Mexico on Friday. Uh, Cuba, who advance, will end up playing the winner of USA Venezuela. USA Venezuela is on Saturday. Then the winner uh, plays Cuba on Sunday. Um, the winner of um, the Puerto Rico Mexico game that ends up playing Japan. I mentioned Monday, and then the whole thing ends Tuesday uh, at seven o'clock. But the uh, Japanese game, we saw um, Yoshida hit a home run, new uh, bat in Boston in this game. But the exciting news you mentioned. I just went and looked at it. Shohei Otani was really good. I think he threw 81 pitches, uh, 71 pitches in this game. Uh, four and two-thirds crushed it, um, but something pretty exciting on the radar gun in Tokyo. Yeah, he threw 102 miles an hour. <laughs> I, 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 I will say, in, in the case of Shohei Otani, I mean, you ever go to a Broadway show and they always have they might have like an actor that is oh, the mar yeah. marquee name. And, and sometimes you go and that, that person, they have their it's apprentice, the yeah. they have their apprentice going. You're like, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, in this case for Otani, he's the best player in the world. Best yeah. player in the world. It's it. He is the best player in the world. He performed for his co home country on the center stage and was the star. Yeah. In everything about it from how he hit to how he pitched if you were a Japanese fan and you happen to be at Tokyo Dome or watching it, the seeing him and what he did mm. would have been, you know, you're what, like 
a special moment for you. He, yeah. he just kind of like checkmarked off what people already know. He's the best player in the world, but he got to do it in his home country, which yeah. I don't know if they've always, I don't know how many times they've seen Otani when he's gotten to this level. They saw him when he was in the MPB when he was a kid. Yeah. I saw him when he was a kid. I played against him. Yeah. Now what he is, he is, he's the man. He's, he's, He's unbelievable. I mean, and that. and you Darvish pitched that game as well. A couple of innings for him, gave up a run. Shohei Otani four and two thirds. He went, gave up two runs, got the win. As I mentioned, five strikeouts to uh, one walk. A final of nine to three. Uh, Japan moves on. Italy had a really nice run with Mike Piazza uh, and the boys. Good to see them advance. And the reality was they probably were not going to be much of a matchup for uh, Team Japan. Spilly, uh, you had a long week in Arizona, man. You absolutely yeah. crushed it. You and Mike Farron, you get to go home at least for. Uh, a little while, man, but really nice job and nice job by Hunter, right? It was Hunter that got you the back-to-back interviews with Mike Trout and yeah. with Mookie Betts. I heard it already this morning on the leadoff spot. You can hear it uh, no doubt throughout the day. We're going to run it today uh, on loud outs. I'm working with Kevin Franson today. You talk about guys filling in and you tune in thinking you're going to get the Broadway star Ryan Spielborg. And Fran- listen, Franny, he's a good backup. He's a really good backup. And of course, him and Chris Jimenez have their own show on Saturdays, uh, the loud outs version on the weekend. Uh, from 10 to 1 Eastern time. Quick shout out to the boys at Don Bosco. Don Bosco, let's go. Preseason ranked the best team in New Jersey. Mike Rooney and the boys have been getting after it for a long time and put together a really nice program. And then one other sad story for me. So two days ago, my high school freshman pitches in a game, threw quite a few pitches, and they had a game yesterday. And he says, uh, you know, don't even bother coming like an hour away. I'm definitely not playing. All right, because he's a pitcher only of varsity, does the JV stuff. I'm sitting there watching the game changer. The dude starts at second base. It's an hour away. I got no chance of getting there. He hits two doubles, gets his first varsity base hit, and me and mom are not there to see it because he told us there was no chance he was playing. My wife's like, I will never, ever miss a game again. I mean, heartbreak. She was literally, I should say literally, almost in tears last night as we're following along game changer. And my son gets his first varsity hit, and we're just sitting on the couch listening to it on Game Changer. The helicopter parents maybe uh, just took some pressure off of off off Keiki, and he just felt comfortable. That's that stinks. I feel for you. That that would be really fun to see, and you and you missed uh, it. We absolutely did. At least somebody get a video. I don't know. I didn't ask. I was so embarrassed that we weren't there. I didn't want to ask other parents. Plus, the other thing is the freshman, right? So most of them are upperclassmen. I'm like, oh, yeah, my son started. Anybody get video of it? I'm not, and I just, all of it, I just, we're just going to have to, it's going to be one of those things, Billy, we're going to talk about forever. And as he gets older, he's going to hold it over our heads. Hey, remember that For time sure. I got my first varsity hit and you yeah. guys were too lazy to drive to see me, even yeah. though it was really his fault that we weren't there? That's how this stuff works. Anyway, Billy, great stuff, man. Uh, great coverage of the WBC. I cannot believe that we have no shows next week, which means we continue to pod. We'll try to get another one out uh, tomorrow, man. I love doing this. It's fun and it's quick and it's to the point. Have a great day, everybody. Serious XM Podcasts.